Welcome back to another episode of These Are the Valleys. This episode, we're going to be talking about what it really means to be born again. Now, I know we all know that being born again is this metaphorical wording for salvation, for coming to Christ, okay? But we're going to talk about why that language is so literal for believers, okay? So we're going to talk about the process of spiritual rebirth and compare that to physical birth, physical life cycles. And there's just going to be a lot of analogies going on. So bear with me. Y'all know I love a good metaphor, a good simile, okay? (laughs) So step number one to being born again is that you must commit to dying. And when I say being born again, remember, we're talking about truly committing yourself, your dreams, your desires, your flesh to God. And with that comes this death-like experience, this grieving process where you have to give yourself up. In Luke 9, I think it's chapter or verse 23 through 25, Jesus is talking about denying yourself and taking up your cross and following him. And what that actually looks like is allowing yourself to no longer make all of your decisions in a certain kind of way. You no longer do things because you feel like it or because your natural instinct is to do it. But you do things according to God's will for your life, according to God's word. Okay, so. You have to be committed to that process and let yourself grieve. Now, we're going to come back to how this shows up later on in our life, but you must first commit to dying in order to be born again. Y'all got that. That didn't go over your head. Number two, there is an actual quote unquote birth, okay, when you become a new Christian. So essentially, you're pushing through that initial discomfort and into like, Uh, being a new creature, right? So after you have committed to dying, of course, it doesn't sound comfortable because it's not. And there is this like, uh, okay, now I really, I'm gonna try, you know? And you're going to fail sometimes in the beginning. And that's okay. You're gonna be grieved. You're gonna be like, oh, I'm a terrible Christian. Oh, I'm not delivered from this yet. Oh, I haven't figured out how to blah, blah, blah yet. Oh, I'm not reading my word enough. You know what I'm saying? All the initial discomforts, but this is your birth, okay? You are a fresh new creature in Christ. And a lot of times this comes with like this vigor. Like you're like, yeah, I love God. I'm I'm trying to figure out all the things, everything that I do wrong. I'm going to be super hard on myself for it because I'm just so on fire for God. I want to be perfect, okay? This is that birth stage, right? You're very childlike in your walk with God, which is great. It's a beautiful thing. Then you move into like this infancy stage in your faith where it's like you need a lot of confirmation and you may even find yourself like backsliding or living half in, half out or uh, half in, half out of your faith, not necessarily half in and half out in sin or in the world per se, but in your faith. Like, do I fully believe this? Uh, I don't really know. Was that God? Wait, was that me? Wait, was that the enemy? Wait, who's in my head talking right now? Who told me that? Is this, should I go left or should I go right? Go straight? Like, wait, hold on. You know, that questioning process that you hit where it's like, uh, I don't really know 
how to go about this. God, I need confirmation for literally everything that I ask you for. And during these infancy stages, God does give you a lot of confirmation. It may not be confirmation about every little thing now, but you do get a lot more confirmation compared to more mature or seasoned Christians. Uh, so you spend that time usually really, really big on like asking God about stuff. You got a lot of questions. So that's your infancy stage. So then you grow a little bit more. Okay. You start to gain autonomy. I want to say this is like adolescence to teen, teenage years. Okay. In your, in your faith walk where you do gain some autonomy and it seems like God gets quiet on you. And there's a lot less confirmation. Like he only confirms the huge things, but everything else, he's like, nah, you heard me. I said what I said. Now you either going to do it or you don't. And it's like, God, where are you? I'm fine. I'm flailing right now. I don't know what's going on. It's almost like a puberty. I I think I'm going to call it puberty. You kind of have to stand on your own too. Okay. God kind of leaves you to stand on your own too, because he trusts in his new creature. He trusts in his investment, in his time, in his confirmations, in his um, revelations that he's giving you that you are now mature enough to begin to do this faith walk, not necessarily alone, but without using him as a crutch. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm not saying in any way that there's any point in this journey where God is leaving you or that you don't need God. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. Don't misinterpret me. But what I'm saying is you don't need God to hold your hand in order for you to believe. You believe because you've seen him hold your hand so many times. You get what I'm saying? I hope that makes sense. And then there's adulthood. And this, y'all, this is where I was for the past two weeks, (laughs) okay? In adulthood. So we're gonna sit in adulthood for a little bit because I think that this is where I am. I think this is where a lot of people find themselves um, after pursuing God for a little while. And this transition from a teen or from puberty to adulthood is rough, It's rough. So basically what happens here is you rediscover who you are and there is great tension between who you were before and who God's trying to make you into. You're you're in a transition phase and it's really difficult. If you've ever gone to college, it's like that college phase where you're trying to figure out who you are. You, you You can't quite be who you were in high school, but like you also don't want to feel like you lost yourself, but you're also becoming this whole new person, that type of stage, okay? But this happens in your faith. Um, adulthood also comes with many tests and rapid growth, okay? If you have passed or in the middle of your early 20s, right now I'm 23, and you know that <laughs> you have grown immensely And there have been many trials and tribulations between the age of 18 and where you are now. Okay. Where I am now, I 18 year old me could never, she could never. So we're going to settle in an adulthood here because it requires surrender. Y'all, I know we said we had to be committed to being born again before we had to be committed to dying before, but I believe that this is when you really confront your transition like this is maybe it's one of multiple points but for me because I can only speak from my experience so let me make it more personal for me this is where I have found the greatest 
instance or greatest obstacle of tension between former self and new self was in like this last week. So the best way that I can get y'all to understand what I mean is to use this analogy. So let's say from me committing to dying to me gaining autonomy like puberty and all that stuff, I was a caterpillar, okay? So remember I told you guys, like when you start that puberty stage, when you gain that autonomy in step four, God seems to get quiet, right? And there's less confirmation. I believe that this is almost like in this metaphor, it's kind of like the cocoon. It's it's the in-between area where you are not a caterpillar anymore. You are not crawling around anymore in your faith, okay? You are now, I need to put you in a season. Come on, Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm about to preach this thing. <laughs> I'm about to preach this thing. God puts you in a confined isolated season, honey, where you become a new creature. You literally become a new creature. You don't look like yourself. You don't move like yourself. You don't talk like yourself. You are different. You are different. But at the end of the day, anatomically, you're the same caterpillar. You just got some wings on you. It's developing some wings, right? But in that cocoon, there is tension for the caterpillar. Maybe at first the caterpillar is like, oh, hold on. What's this new thing? Then it might get to a point where it's like, okay, I like this. Okay. I like this cocoon. You know, this is kind of comfortable. I'm cool here. But then comes the time where biologically that caterpillar cannot stay in that cocoon because it is a new creature and it's time for it to grow. So y'all remember how I've been telling y'all I was feeling so down and I was this and then that and in my faith and God had to like, I think if y'all listened to the last four episodes, y'all will get a great picture of my cocoon. Like I was in the cocoon for the last four episodes. I'm not going to hold you. Then you got to fight like, Ooh, y'all hold on. Ooh, I feel this thing. Yeah. You got to fight your way out that cocoon. Okay, that cocoon is not soft. It is not one little tap away. You got to fight your way out that cocoon to become the butterfly. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Help me. Help me. Help me get this across. Help me get this across. What I was experiencing the last two weeks was me fighting against myself because I wanted to remain a caterpillar. I came to a fork in the road. I came to a fork in the road the last two weeks where God was literally like, who are you going to be? Who are you going to be? Are you going to be a disciple? Are you going to follow me? Are you going to take up your cross? Or are you going to be like everybody else? Are you just going to be a believer? Are you just going to be coming to the synagogue? Well, you know, I'm talking in biblical terms. Now we call it church. (laughs) But are you going to be in the synagogue listening to people preach and being like, okay, I believe. Cool. But your life doesn't actually reflect any change. You're not willing to give up anything for me, for this faith, for this walk. And one of the things that God said to me was like, he reminded me of something somebody has said before, some pastor. But he was like, if I never do anything else for you, will you still follow me? And I was like, um. Let me get back to you. I'm going to take two to four business days. Um, You know, the mail's real backed up right now. You know, supply chain, inflation. I can't. (laughs) Because y'all, I was really struggling. And the thing I kept saying to my friends was, 
I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like myself. And I was frustrated at God for that. Like I was mad. I was actually upset because I didn't understand the process. I didn't understand that I couldn't remain a caterpillar. I was always meant to be a butterfly. I was always meant to be a butterfly and I was hanging on to the dreams and the plans and, and the strategies of a caterpillar when I am now, even though I'm in this cocoon, cause when the caterpillar come out that cocoon, it is now a butterfly, right? You are already a butterfly in the cocoon. You just realizing that and your wings are forming in there. But once you're ready to bust out, you are already a butterfly. God is like, you're not even that person anymore for you to be hanging on to those old things, those former things. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Hello? Y'all, it, it was missing me. It was missing me for a couple of days, but then God got me together and gave me this analogy. So I, I'm here to tell y'all, whether you find yourself in the caterpillar category, I want you to know what's up ahead because I didn't know this was here. I have seen in my Christian walk a lot of passive Christianity where we pray, we go to church, we read the word. But honestly and truly, I don't really see any, anybody uh, sacrificing for God. I don't really see any tension for God, any discomfort for God. You know what I'm saying? I hadn't seen that. And so for me to be going through it, I was confused. I didn't know what was happening. So if you're in that caterpillar stage, I want you to know what's ahead, not to scare you, but to encourage you and to build you up and to edify you so that when you get to that point, you understand what's going on and you trust and you rest. Okay, you rest because the cocoon is also a resting period. The caterpillar is not eating. The caterpillar is not doing this, that or the third. The caterpillar is just there to change, to submit to the process. Oh, come on, Holy Spirit. I can't. I can't. Y'all, I can't do it. He really doing something today. You have to submit to the process when your process gets here. Do not rush your process. Another thing that God told me last week was that I was becoming obsessed with getting to the next level. I was becoming obsessed with being ready for the next level. I think I'll talk about this more in depth in another podcast. Actually, let me write that down. Okay, yeah. So (laughs) God showed me that I didn't need to be so obsessed with getting to the next level because I wasn't prepared for the next level if I wasn't there. If you are at the level that you're at, that means that God knows that you need to be at that level. It's only until you're ready that you're going to go to the next level. So why are you trying to force it to the next level when clearly you're not ready? You know what I'm saying? So that was something he also got to me. If you are currently in that cocoon, if you are in that cocoon, I'm going to need you to relax. I'm going to need you to relax. I need you to look inwardly. Okay. And how I got here is I had a downward mental spiral and that's how I ended up in a place of understanding. And I don't want you to have to go through that if you don't have to go through that. So for those of y'all who learn from other people's mistakes and aren't hard headed like me, please relax in that cocoon and submit to the process. Remember, allow, ask God to show you why you had to become a new creature. Ask God to remind you of how incomplete that caterpillar was that you may find yourself wanting to go back to. 
Because I think sometimes the enemy, one of his tactics is to romanticize our past. Now, a lot of people in church talk about how the enemy will use our past to shame us, but I don't hear enough people talking about how the enemy will romanticize our past, especially when we get in that cocoon phase so that we don't advance to the next level. In the way that, let me explain that a little bit more in case somebody needs it. There was this year, okay? 2019 was a year for me. I was wilding. I'm just gonna put it that way. I was wilding. Y'all don't need to know all my business, but I was wilding, okay? Um, Consistently in the past couple of weeks, the enemy has just been reminding me of all the highlights of 2019, right? Oh, you remember when you could do this or when you did that or when you met up with so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. Like, trying to get me to think that what I had before was greater than what God has for me ahead or matter of fact was greater than what I was going through right now. And I know it didn't feel like that because like I said, in that cocoon, it's a tight space. It's enclosed. It's isolated. It's hard. Okay. So he was trying to make me feel like what I had before was better than the joy set before me. What's that? Ooh, what's that scripture y'all where it's like, Consider that the sufferings of the present time cannot compare to the joy awaiting us or something like that. Basically, what he was saying, I think it was Paul. Please, please do not get on my head if I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Somebody in the Bible said it. But what they were saying was, you might be suffering right now. But please understand, that does not hold a candle to what God has planned for you. That does not hold a candle to the eternal um, happiness, bliss, satisfaction, paradise that you will get to, um, experience at the cost of current discomfort. You know what I'm saying? So I just want you to remember that. And if you are a butterfly, please, 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 please be grateful for where you are, but also be super intentional about letting other caterpillars know about what you went through and encouraging them. Because I found it so difficult because I don't, I don't actively know anybody in my friend circle in my close friend circle that has gone through this process as I have. So it was difficult for me to not feel extra isolated because I felt like nobody understood what I meant when I was saying I was frustrated with God because I wasn't myself and it was God's fault, which it was entirely. It it was entirely God's doing that I was not the same creature and I don't think they could really get what I was saying. And so if you are currently a butterfly, please go back to the caterpillars. Please push up to these cocoons and let people know it is worth it. Let people know this is the right choice. This is the right way to go. Because sometimes when you don't have anybody to identify with you on your journey, it just it just makes it that much harder. And so that was literally the whole heartbeat behind creating this podcast in general was because I think God wanted everybody in their caterpillar and cocoon stages to have somebody to relate to. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a little crazy, so I don't really know if y'all can relate to me all the way because I'm a little weirdo. But (laughs) I try my best to let y'all know what I know when I know it. So that y'all can't say, didn't nobody tell me because I tried, you know? So your key takeaways from this is that 
Being born again is a consistent process. I truly believe that you will have to continue to go through these things over and over and over again. Like seriously, because God is a God of renewal, he doesn't change something and then leave it just as that. He changes something with other changes in mind, with other evolutions in mind. And so just know once you get to the butterfly stage, you're not done. You're not done. You know, you're not done. You will have to go through this process again. But thank God that you had already gone through it once so that you kind of know a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Another thing. Second takeaway, please be willing to lose yourself. Realize that you don't know who you are. And I think this is a, a real, real good tactic of the enemy in the culture today because everybody's like, know yourself, your inner self, your higher self, your inner child. Like, it's just so many doggone layers to know, okay? But either way, even if you do, quote unquote, know those things, you don't know who you were created to be. You don't know the intricacies of how you were created. You don't know how you function best because you are not your creator, so don't make the, the mistake of defining yourself by yourself to say, oh, I don't feel like me. Well, who is me? Who was that? Who is that that I'm trying to hold on to? And is that even a good person to be holding on to? Can that person be better? And we all know with God, he does not take things and make them worse. He takes things and makes them better. So if you could just be willing to allow yourself to be lost for a little moment in Jesus, maybe just maybe you will love what you found. Because at the end of the day, if you don't like who Jesus has made you, it's really risk free. You can go back to being who you were. That's the easy part. You know what I'm saying? So, um, oh, what's that scripture where it was like anybody who wants to save their life will lose it. But anybody who loses their life for my sake will find it. Let me tell y'all, some scriptures started making sense to me these last couple weeks. It's starting to add up. It's starting to add up because I always be like, what is Jesus talking about here? You know, it sounds good. Like, all right, preach on preacher. But, you know, I don't really understand the application of that. But I understood because I felt like I lost myself. I felt like I wasn't myself. And it finally made sense when I let go of who I wanted to be and who I identified as. God was able to start working on my heart. And I'm not saying I'm fully, you know, he's given me a full revelation about who I am. Not at all. But I have a submitted myself to the process now. I have submitted myself to the process. So I want to encourage you guys to do the same. Number three, it is okay to grieve. If y'all look at them last couple episodes, they real somber. Okay. Your girl was grieving. I didn't know I was grieving, but I was grieving and I was grieving my former self. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, she is all I knew. She's all, all, I, all I knew about myself. So of course, I'm going to be sad that she's going. Of course, I've always been that kid. Y'all remember at the last day of school, how it would be some kids crying? That was me. I was crying every single year because I didn't want to go. It was what it was. I, I'm just wired like that. Leave me alone. <laughs> but um, it's okay to grieve yourself. So give yourself that space. Like God is not going to be mad at you because you're taking a couple days to be sad and feel all your feelings about who you used to be. That is okay. And lastly, y'all, rely on God to recreate you. Rely on God to recreate you. Please don't go through this process and then pick yourself back up prematurely. Please, 
Let him show you everything that he created you to be. Let him show you all the plans that he had in mind when he created you. Let him show you the purpose, the calling that he has for you, the impact, the trajectory of your life that he has for you. Please, I implore you. Yeah, y'all. That's basically it. I hope y'all didn't get lost in all the analogies. I hope it all made sense. I hope you understand that this being born again thing is not for the weak, but it is also created exactly and precisely for you. And when you are weak, he is strong. Hello. Come on. Come on, Bible. (laughs) But yeah, y'all, I don't know what it looks like from the mountaintop just yet. But for now, these are the valleys.